Mike's Video Game Podcast. I miss you, Mike. Hello and welcome to Mike's Video Game Podcast. I'm Mike Geig. And I'm Mike Wu. And uh, that was actually a really excruciating 10 seconds while we wait for the equalization of the sound. Because I had just taken a sip of this cider, uh-huh. and it has a very interesting taste. And I wanted to comment on it immediately, and I'm like, I can't. Because <laughs> I just said we have to be silent uh-huh. for 10 seconds. So, interesting. Yeah, it's a lot drier than most of the ciders we've been drinking, right? Yeah. This is the one, when I first bought it, I was like, I'm not sure. So I took it back, and they said, you can have a brand new pack. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> and it was this. Welcome to Mike's very cider, fancy, very uh, fancy podcast. cider that doesn't taste like the cheap cider we're used to. So we're like, well, this isn't like apple juice. It's not like your mama's box cider. Yeah, this, this is... doesn't taste like this doesn't taste like spiked apple juice. This tastes like I don't know manna from the gods. <laughs> <laughs> okay, anyway, so this we're is, not alcoholics. We, we just enjoy we cider. just play one on TV. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is episode. It's got to be fourteen because we were fourteen because the last one was the lucky number, unlucky number thirteen. I said lucky number 13, the Baker's Dozen. The Baker's Dozen, right. Mm-hmm. So this episode, all about GDC. We're, I actually wanted, I thought about possibly recording this at GDC, uh-huh. but then nice. um, realized we were way too tired and wiped out and and everything. Yeah, and our voices would have been really hoarse. Well, you're, see, yeah. everyone, it's funny because everyone I work with by the end of GDC, uh-huh. they're like, oh, I'm just talking all day every yeah. day. And I'm like, well, that's, that's my job. My yeah. job is talking all day every day. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't bother me at all. I'm a marathoner of talking. <laughs> so this is the first GDC you've been to in a while. In a while. Like, to put it in context, the last GDC I went to, uh, it was held in San Jose. What was that, 2006? 2007? Oh, it was even before then, I think. Really? Yeah. Okay. Uh, probably closer to, like, 2002, 2003. Oh, wow. So just just like you remember it. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> a lot of guys. Changed. Yeah, a lot of guys. Yeah, fair enough. Oh man, so yeah, so so you didn't actually attend, right? Right, because mm-hmm. why spend money on a ticket when when the value for you is in the conversation mm-hmm. and the people and stuff like yeah, that? Yeah, and I think that's an interesting point that on a personal level for people, half if not more of the value of having a GDC week is to connect with like minded people mm-hmm. outside of the big talks. So I mean, I f- I would find you on like the main floor of Moscone West. And we can probably describe how it's all set up for people who haven't been there who are thinking about going in the future. Well, it's right, three so. big buildings mm-hmm. in the city, so mm-hmm. it's pretty large. Yeah, yeah. it's right off of the main, the like the main commercial uh, shopping uh, road mm-hmm. uh, in San Francisco. It runs diagonally through the city called Market Street. Yeah, just um, is it south? I want to say south of Market. Yeah. Yes. Um, um, and it's near the Metri- Sony Metreon Theater, and uh, is it the video game? Walk of Fame is there as well. And then there's the Moscone Center. And there's a shawarma place on the corner. That you really like? Oh, no, I don't no. like shawarma. Okay. I'm just, everyone just talks <laughs> yeah. about the shawarma place ever since the Avengers. So yeah. figured it's worth bringing up. Yeah, there's a <laughs> north, south, and west building yes. uh, that GDC occupies. Um, and I think that's all that Moscone has. There is no east building. Well, there was an east building and it burnt down. Rumor has it on a still night. You can still, <laughs> no, no, there was no east building. <laughs> Yeah, and so you know, besides the um, the, the layout of the stuff, it, it, what's interesting is, so I've been to six 
GDCs now, seven GDCs. And I've never actually attended a talk. What? So <laughs> so your ticket really was wasted on you? No, it wasn't. It was because it got me into the parties. And oh, okay. that's where I do all my networking. Yeah. And that's so, true. The only party I ended up attending was the one that you had gotten me yeah. a band for. And I probably wouldn't have gotten one otherwise. Yeah, it, yeah. 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 So most of the parties require some form of GDC pass to prove you're not just coming in off the street but so it's always been worth it to me but you know in retrospect in previous years i probably could have just gotten like an expo pass or something like that i didn't really need to go whole hog with the Mm -hmm. thing but uh yeah it's been uh it's a it's a really it's a really awesome event and every year it kind of changes for me and it's kind of interesting for me to hear your perspectives on it since you know you basically have never been to a gdc in that it's Mm -hmm. been probably so different from the last time you went that they're really different conferences at this point yeah um for me, the scale is definitely larger than it used to be. Um, you know, in San Jose, I mean, the reason why they moved it permanently up to San one is a way cooler city to be in San Francisco than mm-hmm. San Jose. Um, San Jose is about an hour, hour 10 uh, drive like south. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, it's a more convenient location. It's a more popular uh, city to explore and tour when you're not at, at the conventions. But then, yeah, it's spread across uh, more buildings and more space. And I think, well, first of all, the games mark. GDC used to be for people um, making PC and console games, period. Yeah. Right now you've got mobile. Now you've got virtual reality, mm-hmm. which went crazy this year. You know, yeah, so we can talk <clears throat> about that. It'll it'll be fun to discuss, you know, what I saw inside and what uh-huh. you saw outside. Yeah. Because I barely got – I was barely outside of a building the whole time I was okay. there. So, yeah. yeah, so I got there mm, – let's see. Monday night. Monday night, so yep. Tuesday morning, which is one of the – do they have uh, talks and things going they on? They have the... summits. Monday, okay. Tuesday, summits are special interest things. Okay. And then Wednesday, the conference starts in earnest. Okay. Yeah. So I was there the day the conference. We no, did, I had the day before. The, the, the day, day before. The yeah. So that's when everyone's getting in. Yeah, everybody's getting in. And so, all the excitement. Yeah, registration, which is the North Building, was getting busy. But you saw that they were changing. They had all these signs in the middle of the main floors of the buildings saying mm-hmm. that the um, VR... Uh, summit mm-hmm. talks and all that had it changed exploded. rooms. It had changed yeah. rooms, and then all the other talks were had been switched. They had traded rooms, basically. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can probably describe the scene inside. What was going on? Why did they have to change their rooms? Well, it, what was interesting is so in in years past, uh, the summits. You know, some are more popular, some are less popular, and the summits mm-hmm. are things like. Um, Mobile gaming track, artificial intelligence track, um, education summit is one I've attended a few times in the past. Um, so those are kind of like your summits, right? And they all attract a good amount of people. Uh, but the VR summit this year attracted so many more people than the other summits mm-hmm. that they kind of took over. And so the VR summits couldn't hold all the people. The line, they literally put them in, in two separate hallways and the line waiting to go into one hallway was so long it extended into the other hallway mm. and vice versa. Mm-hmm. So we had these long crisscrossing lines of people waiting to cross the hallway over to the other side there. Um, so it was just packed inside. Um, I didn't get to see it too much because I was busy on the Expo 4 getting uh-huh. things ready there and, and meeting with people and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, it was just nuts this year. The VR was kind of the – you know, I hate to talk about VR yet again, uh-huh. uh, but it was uh, it was really kind of 
huge uh, as far as general interest goes. People are just at this point saying, okay, we're accepting this is here. Let's learn about it. Yeah. And it seemed like that was everyone's idea. Right. And that, what's interesting is that, um, yeah, it wasn't anybody discussing their success mm-hmm. with VR. It was just discussing these are some early observations or this some theory. Work. Here's what we learned. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, wasn't, uh, it wasn't something – coming from there yeah, were no the first success stories we had. Yeah, so that there much general interest was spent on like preliminary like investigative kind of summit talks mm-hmm. was uh, interesting to me. There's, there is definitely it, you know for sometimes the past 3 weeks or the past 3 episodes I felt like are we really just too naive and really loving talking about VR thinking mm-hmm. about it experiencing it and nobody else is going to end up following. Yeah, no. But uh, I think no it, this is definitely where it's showing uh, that there is interest of all levels. You know, uh, you, you introduced me to some of your uh, indie acquaintances and mm-hmm. friends, and they're working on some really cool stuff. I think it was wasn't the fantastic Fan- contraption, fantastic contraption people, which, which is, we had played, we had played just just like two weeks earlier. Yeah, and, and I was like, this uh, is amazing. That's uh, Andy Moore and uh, Kimberly Vol with Radio Games, and then oh, they've teamed up with another group, and I cannot think of their name. Oh, that's gonna bug me. Uh, ah, well, I feel bad. Okay, uh, well, write write down a note for yourself too. I'll look it up and add it to the notes. Uh, I'll, yeah, I'll do that. Okay. I'll, I'll message them and see because it's it's basically like two dev teams that kind of match okay. up and, and they're working together to build this yeah. thing, and it's it's really slick, and uh, yeah, uh, you know, certainly cool stuff. Besides simply just all the VR stuff, so I expected so the expo floor is always generally a good smattering of stuff you kind of expected and stuff you kind of didn't. And uh, which, which really are the only two options. <laughs> uh, but so I expected there to just be VR everywhere. Uh-huh. And there really wasn't. Okay. Um, you know, the saying, you know, for every market, some market grows, right? Uh-huh. So um, at the, in the expo, besides your biggies, like your Microsoft booth, your Sony booth, Oculus, uh-huh. Unreal, Unity, that sort of stuff. I was impressed by just how many... Bluetooth accessories hmm, there were. Interesting. Everyone realizes they're not really competing for the virtual reality market. Uh-huh. I mean, you're not just going to start up and be like, I'm going to compete with Oculus, right? right? It's, just, right. It's, you're, it's not going to happen right. because they put so much R&D. It's, and it's such a fickle technology. This yeah. So everyone is spinning up and saying, hey, Bluetooth controllers that are portable enough and that fit in in your hands, uh-huh. not as like a controller, but two individual items, one uh-huh. in each hand, so that you can play a cardboard, a Gear VR, or whatever experience without a dedicated controller or without a wired uh, controller, right? Yeah. Um, or um, specifically uh, haptic feedback controllers uh-huh. that mount on your your HTC Vive uh, uh, yeah. 3D controller and things like that. And so, uh, or the the Omni Tracks, your mm-hmm. 3D treadmills, mm-hmm. uh, special hydraulic vehicles for how you play the games, uh, you know, target tracking, linking systems, audio systems. Uh, that was that was that was all of the rage. All of the yeah. booths were like, "Okay, VR is this thing. Let's launch some hardware that will work with VR." Because that we're basically going to grab the crumbs, you yeah. know, kind of deal. Right. Um, and there were a lot of cool devices, uh, like feet rudder pedals and stuff like that for when you're playing your games and stuff uh-huh. like that. So just a lot yeah. of really neat tech. Cool. A lot of experimentation going on on the hardware side. Yes. Yeah, yeah. They had this um, – I'd have to dig through my, my cars to, to remember the name of it. But it was uh, – this. Uh, I had seen that this R&D a couple of years mm-hmm. ago. And at the time, 
and when it was just R and D, that was just kind of that. I, I I can't remember even if it initially was with a VR headset like the, a DK one Oculus uh-huh. or whatever. I honestly can't remember if it or if it was just a screen or whatever. Um, but what it was is it's it's this I can't it, it's haptic feedback, but it's a type of um, uh, tension pulse for your palm. Mm-hmm. Um, I've said before how well your mind sort of makes something real. When like you just get a, a like a kind of a buzz in your hand, your brain's like, oh, it's that or it's this. Yeah. It's very context sensitive. Well, this takes that to a whole new level. Hmm. Um, and what it is, it's 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 a controller where the actual stem of the controller, the thing you hold onto, the handle, uh-huh. flexes and bows and twists and in pushes your palm in interesting ways. Huh. And so if you're in a VR experience and you're holding a stick with a, a rock tied uh-huh. to it, you can actually like lift it up and feel the rock bottom out. Huh. Uh, even though it's just a you know a little handle you're right. holding because it's it's applying pressure in a certain way okay. to your hand. Or you'd have a sword uh-huh. and you'd swing and you'd hit wood and you'd actually feel a thud uh-huh. and resistance as like as if uh-huh. you hit something real. Uh-huh. Um, and again it's just this stick in your hand huh. kind of applying pressure right. in very specific ways really tight telling your brain, um, this sort of stuff. And uh, so I saw that R&D a couple of years ago and yeah. I was impressed. And now it's like so far beyond because it's actually an attachment you can just put on any VR controller and it just uh, uh, brings that that input into it and stuff like that. So um, a lot of really neat devices in that category. Yeah. Um, surprisingly enough, I, I didn't – I saw some games, but mostly I saw hardware. Mm-hmm. There's just kind of a lot of hardware right now. Um which kind of makes you wonder if there's too much hardware and not enough games. But um, there's a lot of hardware coming out right now. And it's it's a lot of really neat gadgetry and uh, really high levels of polish too, which I was, I was impressed to see. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I think the ultimate expression that of the hardware angle is that, yeah, you'll have an AI robot companion, like a real life yeah. device that will always know what you're doing in virtual reality and like kind of basically act as a fellow storyteller like so oh if the player is about to put his hand on a cold metal surface i the robot will put up a cold piece of metal for his hand to touch (laughs) you know oh if the room is shaking i'm going to shake him (laughs) you know the Uh, robot would have just sets of material swaths that it can pull out silk i've got silk yeah yeah your little r2 unit just whistling around doing things (laughs) for you to make sure that your illusion is complete yeah nice eventually someday (laughs) um there was a project leviathan uh, I didn't see it at GDC, but I saw it previously. It, it kind of does that. It, 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 you're a VR experience, but in a real-world experience where there's actually the items oh, there. The props, so when you reach yeah. out touch them, they're there yeah. kind of deal. I don't really know what the point of that. I mean, I know what the point is, that mm. it makes it ultra-real. But yeah. if you're going to be turning a valve in real life, then I don't know if the VR experience is really all that necessary. But <laughs> um, but then again, you know, maybe I just haven't seen, like, the perfect implementation for my personal taste or whatever. Um but yeah, and so you ended up, uh, you had a lot of talks and stuff like that. Anything interesting you can talk about? Because yeah, you went and just talked to a lot of people. You yeah, know? I so I met up with lots of old friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, one, just to kind of stay in touch. Two, to maybe rekindle, like, hey, remember that I'm a person who's still alive, even though I'm out in Ohio, <laughs> that if things go a certain way, maybe it'd be cool to work together again because mm-hmm. a lot of my friends have now spun out of the big corporations that they used to work for or big yeah. studios and now are doing their own things. Kind uh, of that big exodus. Yeah, yeah. Not surprisingly into uh, VR. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was telling another friend that uh, the number of friends that have left their positions to to join or start a AAA uh, I believe in the past two years has been zero. Mm-hmm. The number have started their own mobile company has is two, and the number that has started have started their own uh, VR company has been six. Oh wow! Um, I thought more mobile than VR. No, definitely more mobile for the last year in particular. Mm-hmm. Now two groups um, 
uh, that I was most looking forward to touching base with, but I only got to meet with one of them. Uh, I understand why I didn't get to meet with um, one of them. That one, they they had a lot of stuff going down mm-hmm. uh, at GDC. Uh, they've been getting a lot of press lately. Uh, this is Highwire Games, founded okay. by Jamie Griesmer and Marty O'Donnell, and joined by uh, Vic DeLeon and Travis Brady and Adrian Perez. All those are old Bungie guys from, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Marty and Jamie go all the way back to pre like myth like okay. the, the like back 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 pc mac yeah, uh, yeah. bungee um and then um the artists uh joined uh bungee during the the halo era mm-hmm. um so really experienced devs working exclusively as of right now with sony on playstation vr mm. on their first games called golem and i did not get to see it unfortunately they were they were too busy to to hang out. Marty received a Lifetime Achievement Award oh, uh, wow. at GDC for oh, music composition. So I think it was very validating for him to, you know, to have his work recognized. That I met way. Marty, right? Um, have you met Marty? Or see, or did I meet Matt? Or Marty? No, you met Matt and you met Jay. M's. Yeah. You met okay, Jay. Fair yeah. So we, I'm sorry. So people <laughs> were, were referring to the first lunch that Mike and I had uh, down in San Francisco. Uh, we happened to run into um, two of my other uh, fellow uh, colleagues, uh, mm-hmm. Jane we- Jay Wineland, he's an audio uh, director at um, Bun- currently at Bungie, working on Destiny in all its forms, mm-hmm. and then uh, Matt Burns, who is a academic now and uh, indie developer. He has his own Shade Grown Games. Right, right, company. right. The um, in- Infinite Infinity Factory. I wrote it down. Okay. Well, yeah, he's working on a fun game. The game that you thought was really yeah, interesting. Yeah, yeah. Puzzle solving game that's so hard that game. yeah, en- engineers can't solve it. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Very cool. <laughs> um, yeah, so, yeah, but they were both audio-related. Um, no, Marty, you would have known because Marty talks a lot. <laughs> and, <laughs> he's, and he's even a generation above me. It's hard me. to keep track. Yeah. You know, yeah. every year you meet so many new people yeah. and just throw it on the pile of all of the super new people you met last year and the uh-huh. year before. And so very few names actually yeah. stick after a while. But it's funny. So, though, yeah, as you said before, the one party you attended – was the the Unity one I got right. you the pass for. Uh-huh. And it was like, you walk in, it's like, oh, I know that person. Oh, I know that. You know, uh-huh. it was like. Not at I, first. You were like, Mike, why are you sitting down? Like, oh, my feet hurt. I'm tired. I just ate this why? macaroon that the size of a baseball. And I feel, don't feel so good. And you're like, <laughs> come on, just get up and, and, and mingle a little bit. So I mingled with you. And then immediately uh, you had me talking to like the most gregarious people at the party. So much so that we started attracting uh, random strangers who were saying, you guys are the most. Oh, in- yeah, yeah. See, you were so, you had so many drinks that night. You who don't even remember. Talking? I don't know. Some random guy came up to us. Oh, it was the evangelist from. Uh, we were talking to Kat from Microsoft. Kat, yeah. So she and was, was like, very you're having animated. so much fun. And we were talking about like retail stores. Or something <laughs> right, like that. right. Something yeah. Ridiculous. We were talking about the most boring, so, mundane thing in the world. But you ended up, so you ended up having these like professional conversations with people, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Outside, I ended up wearing a Batman suit and <laughs> right. dancing on the dance floor. Like, that's yeah. Yeah. the differences between yeah. you. Because like, Mike, you're already secu- yeah, Mike had already secured... Uh, oh, congratulations to Mike, by the way. He's... Uh, I don't know if you want to talk about oh, it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I got a new job. Yeah. Uh, and so I am uh, a technical evangelist at Unity now. Um, yeah. And so kind of a... I mean, kind of the same thing, kind of different uh, global team, interesting stuff, but... Um, but let's get back to the fun part. I was drawing. Yeah, because he's already <laughs> celebrating. Like, he, he already had a great job. He's he's, he's styling. I'm still trying to get a, uh, a great job. So I'm networking. So you were saying if you get a great job next GDC, you're going to dress as Batman. And yeah, yeah, that's right. All right, fair enough. Um, well, they had a, a photo booth there. One of the Batman <laughs> right, right. That's when I found you when I was saying, thanks, I'm going to go home now. Are you... <laughs> 
<laughs> you were like, okay. <laughs> I was the employee the party needed uh, at that time. <laughs> yeah, so I, I – um, well, that was like my one night of actually partying. It was uh-huh. – I ended up being so busy. So every year – my first year at GDC was like the most intense week of partying I've ever done in my entire life. <laughs> like seriously, yeah. I, I think I slept about 12 hours across all six days uh-huh. um, and up until five in the morning every night getting lost in San Francisco, just partying <laughs> my butt off. And every year it's less party, more business, less party, uh-huh. more business. And so this year I was just in so many meetings and talking to so many people and, you know, uh, the Unity party was like the one party that I really went to. The night before that, Tuesday night, I meant to go to a party. I was like, I'm going to go to a party. You know, <laughs> I, I barely go out anymore. And I'm standing in line for the 10-year anniversary of the Destructo- of Destructoid. Uh-huh. Uh, and I'm looking around, and everyone who's in line with me is like 20 to 24. Uh-huh. And I'm just like, screw this. I'm going back to the hotel. <laughs> So all for these, a lot of the people listening, that probably kids. sounds really cool. I know, right? All these yeah. all these young kids, and it's like <laughs> rave music, and they're all glow sticks, and I'm just like, nah. Yeah, it's like, see everybody, a free party, it's a rave, lots of young people. Mike, it, Mike's like, nah. No, I went I back to the it. hotel bar, and then ended up drinking until three in the morning there. <laughs> when he says hotel bar, in San Francisco, a hotel's going to charge you like 12 bucks yeah. for like a gin and tonic. Yeah. So what you need to do is you need to figure out who accidentally left their tab open, which is what I did. Uh, and then we just keep charging yeah. drinks to that. So we could make a, a like a, a game jam game called like GDC on a budget. Yeah, or, or like a stealth <laughs> game, like a like a Tenchu stealth assassin. But instead of like killing people, yeah. you're sneaking up and ordering drinks on their tab right, right. without getting yeah. caught. I heard so and so has a, has a tab open. Right yeah, now. right. That's yeah. the game. It's right. just, just being a sneaky drunk. Right. You have to figure out enough about the person so that when the when you have to describe or spell the name on the card, mm-hmm. you can do so. Oh yeah. So there's a, there's an element of like information that you have. You can be like hacking stuff right. or whatever. Right. But unfortunately, your character friends. gets so drunk it can't remember the details. So you have to create all mnemonic. De- uh, no, you yeah. have to actually remember the details, and you have to bring them back in quick time events. <laughs> right. They're like e- e- exceptionally quicker the more right, you drink. Right. So just like, oh man, I just I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, end game. You end up like just partying with like President Obama yeah. or something like that. I don't even know how you got there. <laughs> but uh, but all the parties we went to or that you went to um, were very tasteful, right? The Unity Party, yeah, all the well, up and up, I heard no controversy. The, um, I didn't. I didn't. So so usually the Yeti Zen party is like the big, like, oh, everyone's going to be mad about mm-hmm. this. The last couple of years, it was, you know, dancers and this and that. Everyone's all mad. And this year I went to the Yeti Zen party, just stopped in because uh, it was right across the street from my hotel. And it was super boring. It was almost no one there. Maybe I don't know if I went late or whatever, uh-huh. but they had someone playing the violin. Uh-huh. But it was like super loud, like so loud that outside I thought someone was screaming uh-huh. until I went inside and realized someone was playing the violin. Oh, uh, oh yeah. It was, yeah. yeah. But uh, But then the Microsoft party. Uh, yeah. had that big, like, sort of scandal. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, I'm one of those people that I say, you know, you're a private company, you want to have that sort of stuff at your party, that's your right, whatever, mm-hmm. go for it. But you can't also kind of do, like, the the women in gaming the same day as uh-huh. the naughty schoolgirl dancers yeah. at your party. And I get that. And, and Microsoft, you know, it's not like I'm trying to drag them to the mud. They, they've already come out and said, yo, this wasn't cool, something happened, yeah. we're fixing it. Yeah. Audio redacted. <laughs> you do. You talk to people and right. I dance as Batman. He used to. Ru- the yeah, he was the audio redacted. Studio. I never had a personal conversation with him. I never have friends pers- who have. Uh, and, never personally. Uh, and that uh, body slammed him. No. Uh, um, it reminds me that uh, I said there were a couple of groups that I was really hoping to, to meet with at GDC, and I did get to meet with one. It was just. It's just one person. He has uh, like 
one main partner mm -hmm. that he's working with, but most of the development and uh, of the um, on the art side and design side is him. And then he has a, another partner that is uh, doing the engineering. Um, and uh, and this is Tom Doyle of Endeavor One. Mm -hmm. Keep your eye on that space. Endeavor One is the name of his company. Okay. Whereas uh, Highwire is taking a very surgical, uh, you know, like one platform, Clean. one game, yeah, one source of effort for all of us. This is one guy trying to to investigate every major VR platform with almost any kind of idea that might be interesting in VR. Cool, he, yeah. yeah. Now you're thinking, how is a single... Well, this guy is a complete workhorse. Mm-hmm. Think of your favorite weapons, your favorite characters. Um, he is your favorite vehicles. He has had a hand in them at some time in the last, you know, 12, 13 years. Mm -hmm. Tom has probably either led or personally modeled uh, that that item in the Halo and Destiny universe. Um, and so he can crank out content like nobody's business at a very high quality. And I have the pleasure of looking at all of his demos, latest demos. That is a and, useful skill. Yeah. They were amazing. Yeah. They were like, you know how we were just like gushing over all the, the variety that we so were experiencing. What, what kind of experiences? Uh, I don't want to give, think of like, what is a potential outside of porn that VR has? Mm -hmm. He has prototyped something. Interesting. To fit that need. And he's done it extremely well. Yeah. And uh, most of it you can't do. talk about because, you know, there are partners involved or certainly, it's not. Certainly, certainly. It's up. amazing how those prototypes end up becoming. Yeah. Super duper duper awesome. Yeah. Um, I had a chance to play um, Eagle Flight, uh, which is Ubisoft's uh, kind of new baby. Uh -huh. um, and so some time ago, Ubisoft decided, hey, we're going to get into VR. We're going to try this out. And being Ubisoft and mm -hmm. being what Ubisoft do, um, instead of making a game right off the bat, they decided to launch all this research about VR okay. and all these experiments mm -hmm. to kind of build their knowledge of VR and then come up with an IP. Okay. And so they read all these articles about motion sickness and what, what makes people uncomfortable and stuff like that. So they built a bunch of prototypes to kind of um, – what do I want to say um, – test a certain type of motion sickness, mm -hmm. so a certain feature that makes you uncomfortable, this mm -hmm. and that, kind of like a, a lab uh -huh. so that they can tweak different methodologies and stuff like that. And they they found, so I, I was talking to, so so uh, the, the person I'm getting this information from, mm -hmm. and this is not a name drop, it's just so people don't know I'm not lying. Um, Vicky Ferguson over at Ubisoft, she did a talk and it was, uh -huh. it was really, really cool. She's, she's very knowledgeable. Um, and she was uh, basically saying that people kept coming back to this one prototype they built, this one experience, mm -hmm. where you're an eagle flying through France. And they said, you know, it was so compelling that that, that was that was their game. That mm -hmm. was their IP. And so Eagle Flight started as a, an experiment to prevent motion sickness. And that's kind of been like the heart of it. Mm -hmm. um, and so the, the game is you are an eagle flying through France like 20-some years after humans have disappeared. Mm -hmm. um, so it's an abandoned city, animals yeah. in the streets, that sort of thing. And it's awesome. <laughs> and it, it's 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 meant to to not make you motion sick. And I will say, so we, we played a, a – during the demo, we played a single-player version. And then the last, like, say, five to ten minutes, we played mm -hmm. a, a multiplayer version 2v2 mm -hmm. uh, where you're an eagle flying around. You have this eagle scream, which is like your projectile mm -hmm. attack, which yeah. just destroys your <laughs> opponent or whatever. And, like, you're whipping your head around. Like, that's how you control yourself by yeah. like, just looking around. So you're literally, like, ducking and diving yeah. your head, right? And – at the very end, I got a little motion sick, 
And that is a huge testament to that game because mm. normally I put a headset on and I'm motion sick within minutes, uh-huh. right? I'm just motion sick right away. So for me to be moving that much. Right, especially your head. Yeah, just whipping your head around mm-hmm. and stuff like that and, you know, up and down, left, right, and turn aside until – and at the very end, I was like, I'm a little uncomfortable, but I definitely want to keep playing. Mm. I'm just like, that. that's amazing. Because yeah. normally I just like – I turn to the left and go, oh, I got to take this yeah, off. right. Right, and so – Super compelling game. Um, you actually you move your head so much, we had really, sh- really tightened down the the, the face mat, uh-huh. the helmets, or uh-huh. the helmets, the headsets. And so when we were done, we had that bright ring on our <laughs> face, and mine lasted for like thirty minutes because wow. I cranked it down. Yeah, you move your head so much, you yeah. can't allow it to shift around. Um, but it was super fun, and just the 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 PvP, the multiplayer of it was like super cool. Uh, there's a, like a, an animal carcass you're trying. It's capture the flag, yeah. animal carcass you're trying to take back to your nest, right? And so you're fighting these other yeah. eagles for this 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 animal, and like when you have it, you're like you're like flying as low as you can to the ground through pipes and <laughs> up to the bell towers and through doors and open windows. Yeah. And if you crash, you die, right? So it's just like boom, you're dead, and the screen goes blank, and you come yeah. back and stuff like that. But it's just like the sense of going so fast and the accuracy of movement and uh, just everything they did in the game to, to to make you not motion sick, to make you kind of in the game, super cool. I'm going to have to find some... This sounds fascinating because, one, it should induce vertigo in a lot of people because you're in flight. But it does Two, yeah. sudden head movements should induce motion sickness. Well, Three, all the changes in directions and and acceleration deceleration those are all classic like these are like never do this to a camera in vr and it sounds mm-hmm. like this game is doing that um it's so, first person view of the mm, yeah mm-hmm. huh? and so um <laughs> there are so i don't want to give too much away specifically okay. because a lot of it's proprietary tech okay and even though they were showing it publicly uh-huh. um you know being someone who works in games i can kind of visually dissect it a bit and uh-huh. i don't want to give too much away yeah. um however there is some very interesting tech as to how they kind of counter fast-moving objects in your peripheral, how they distance you from from objects around you. Um, and we could talk about it when we're offline yeah. a little bit more, yeah. but I don't want to put it on here. But uh, again, nothing that you couldn't see for yourself, yeah. but unless you really analyze it, you may yeah, not notice right. these things were happening. And I and I asked her about it. She's like, well, I can't tell you, right? right? But then Not until I, next year's GDC well, when they and, give a talk on yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> and when I guess, she was like, well, okay, there, you know, yeah, kind of yeah. there you go. Uh, and so... There are a lot, so it's not as simple as hey, we're going to move a camera really fast, right? right? There, there is a lot of tech in there mm-hmm. to make that a comfortable experience, and it really pays off. Cool. And uh, so, yeah, when you're talking about like prototypes and demos, that was one. That was probably the coolest thing all the GC I did. Okay, um, I did it on the last day there. I got in right before they closed, and it was just ridiculously yeah. cool. Uh, but there were, I mean, so many VR really just kind of took took over, right? The only other mobile experience. I didn't experience any PC or console games. The only mobile experience was the new Ironhide Studios game. They make the oh, uh, yes. Kingdom Rush. Yes, well, this yes. one's Iron Marines. Yes, and it, yes. Did you play it? No, I didn't play uh, it, but I've been following its development well, you, because I'm a huge fan of their series. Well, you're, and you're a fan of StarCraft. Yeah, this plays right. just like StarCraft. Yeah, yeah. This is basically Kingdom lo- Rush. But with a great art style. Like an art style I like much, yeah. much better. Like I love that whimsical art yeah. style that they so have. So you're basically StarCraft, but instead of like yeah. tower defense, you're just sort of like – bringing yeah. the fight to them kind yeah. of deal, you know. And they're an interesting uh, studio because they're like out of like Uruguay or something. Uh, Uruguay. Yeah, uh, yeah. Are they? 
Uruguay, uh, Portugal, or, Argentina? No, they're uh, from Uruguay. Yeah, yeah. It is Uruguay. Yep. Yeah, they're from South America. Yeah, definitely Uruguay. Um, yeah, it was, it was really neat. But So that was like the only mobile game, mm-hmm. besides like the Made with Unity stuff, which right. I see all the time. Uh, it was the only mobile game that I saw. And then uh, the rest was VR stuff. I saw one VR experience that was very much like a Pixar short. And it was like super high fidelity. It was, re- I mean. Right. So you're getting a lot of these, not just games, but these experiences mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And uh Describe the one that you saw. Uh, it was called Invasions, mm-hmm. and the one I saw was made with um, Unreal and Oculus Rift, mm-hmm. but they also have the Samsung Gear VR version, uh, with same experience, I believe, but just on a different mm-hmm. platform, and that one's made with Unity. Okay. Um, and really neat. So you're just you're on the middle of this frozen lake, a uh, rabbit comes out. You know, then these aliens land. The aliens try to intimidate the rabbit, mm-hmm. and they shoot lasers from their head. And the <laughs> aliens end up like falling into the ice and getting frozen. And you know, just kind of yeah, charming right. Pixar style. And then the end, the rabbit's kind of laughing because he <laughs> outsmarted the aliens or whatever. Um, and it was just, uh, yeah, it was really, really neat. So um, the whole gamut of um, of games, Paranormal Activity was there uh, with a game for VR, and it was fun because you stood outside their booth and just heard the screams. <laughs> and they even have a blooper reel yeah. of all the people doing it, people like throwing the controllers <laughs> because they didn't have like the wrist straps on and things uh-huh. like that, and uh, like like slamming the headsets off and just like dropping to yeah. the ground and have, stuff. Have you seen the videos or animated GIFs going around of people uh, leaning on f- furniture in VR and then falling to the ground? Uh-uh. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I think it was happening in Seattle. Uh, there was a, a startup studio that had set up, uh, like, their Vive pre extensively. And uh-huh. then they had friends and family come and try it out. And there's some, like, little kids seeing, like, oh, what's on that? Uh, mm-hmm. The kids face planted. There's another really good one of um, kind of a, a spooky, atmospheric game. There's nothing really scary yeah. going on, but yeah. it's kind of this unsettling. And then while people, like, put their hands out to, like, grab something, someone in the real world just grabs their arm, you yeah. know, and they lose their minds. Um, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's really fun. <laughs> I mean, I had a hard time playing Sisters. And you guys were there egging me on, so I knew I was actually safe. You know, I saw – so Sisters is a, is a scary game uh, on uh, Vive. Mm-hmm. Um, and phones and everything. I think it's it's one of, like, yeah, one of the first experiences. And yeah. so I was watching uh, – so – at our office in San Francisco, we have one of the head, VR headsets. We have a bunch of them set up. And one of the, the folks, I believe from the, the the Lithuania team, was doing the sisters' like experience uh-huh. by himself in uh-huh. the room. Uh, and I, I'm going to swear in just a moment. Um, so just FYI. Uh, but anyway, so the scary part where you're supposed to jump, uh-huh. he just goes, ha, smug bitches. And like a <laughs> thick like Lithuanian accent. Uh-huh. I started laughing because I was just like, what a response. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> When you're like supposed to be scared by these little yeah. dolls coming right. out, it is like a uh, smug bitches. <laughs> <laughs> it was really funny. Uh, some people different uh, tolerance yeah, for fear, right. I suppose. Right. He's the kind of guy that in the uh, you know eons ago would have ventured out of the cave into the darkness to take on the jaguar and become become king? crown chief. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> smug cat. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you know and. There's just, yeah, there were so many cool experiences, so tiring. It's still, I'm recovering a little bit uh, just from all of the neat things happening within the industry. One thing that was really different for me, though, um, not just different for me, but different in my opinion, was the career pavilion. 
Um, mm-hmm. Now, three or four years ago, I would have said the Career Pavilion was like a meat market. Uh-huh. Just like on Fridays, the Career Pavilion, stay away from it. Well, because that's a student day. Every that student is the student day. Like and the, and But it was just like, who wants an interview? Who wants a job? Like, uh-huh. we're hiring, we're hiring. Uh-huh. Just everybody, everybody. And each year, it's got a little smaller and a little smaller. Uh-huh. And this year, the Career Pavilion was kind of integrated into the play area. And it was really small, really not promoted all that much. There really wasn't a lot of swag there. Uh-huh. Not really even all that many students. It was mm-hmm. really um, really reduced. And so that kind of made me think, okay, are the companies just not hiring like they were? Mm-hmm. And they're really not. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, or are there, are there, are, do they have smarter methods mm-hmm. for finding the right mm-hmm. candidates? They don't really need mm-hmm. to just say, all right, whoever's here, let's interview right. at GDC. Right. Now they have the, the right candidates being brought to them, right. you know, during non-critical mm-hmm. times and stuff like that. And, you know, as someone you're currently, you know, looking for prospective mm-hmm. uh, opportunities, what do you think about that? I mean, just the, the idea well, that it's yeah, kind of I did, wasn't able to see the career pavilion. I would have liked to. Cause I, I should have given you my badge. I wasn't even at. Oh, that's all right. Yeah. And they were like, oh, my guy and then of Unity. And I would have been like, no, I'm like, woo, of nowhere. <laughs> I'm just sneaking in here. Of to give you nowhere. <laughs> sneaking just be in. like, Mike Wu. Yeah. Of Halo fame, <laughs> and then just bow. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I went to GDC because it has been harder mm-hmm. after taking it. I feel mm-hmm. harder. I mean, you're talking about a guy, the last time he had to work really hard to get a position was the first one. Yeah. Which is why when I was teaching uh, a couple of classes at uh, the CIA, I was uh, always pushing, like, you've got to self-promote, you've got to develop mm-hmm. that portfolio, and you've got to know what it is that you want. It's not just going to fall in your lap. So that you can pursue it um, and learn how to interview well and all those things, because it is really hard to get that for and, first position. And in an industry that moves so fast, taking a couple years off, I mean, it's like an yeah, eternity. Like a, the thing that I warned Quinn with is that my fear is um, – that there is this rumor of ageism in the industry, which mm-hmm. I don't believe actually there is. I think probably a little bit. Th- there not may as, be not for certain positions. Like if I wanted to be a texture artist, mm-hmm. uh, they would be like, "Yeah, you aged out of the industry. We don't have dedicated because you're not artists. willing like, to work for that yeah. pay for those right, hours." Right, yeah. <laughs> um, but as far as applying your your experience in other ways, mm-hmm. I mean, you have to understand like some of these companies have grown up overnight. And so they do need uh, someone mm-hmm. with experience, especially working on teams. So there are a lot of producer positions. That's what, what I'm seeing is if there's mm-hmm. anything opened up at a lower level all the way up to the senior level, it's producers, producers, people yep. who can organize other people to with get people a result done. Yep. Um, but if you are happy as an artist, you generally are like, I'm just glad that my studio is staying open. So I'm going to stay here. So maybe there aren't as many like uh, entry level art positions yeah. or design posi- positions because they aren't. There isn't really, especially with outsourcing now, mm. you don't need a huge army of content producers because you can get them from Singapore, uh, uh, South America, mm-hmm. and Asia, the uh, rest of Asia, really easily now. Yeah, um, and you know, in an industry that cheaply. cycles, right? Yeah. Every time there's an influx of new new blood, they're competing against the stacking experience right. of everyone who's right. already there. And the other thing that we had talked about a couple episode, episodes ago is like, where are we in the console cycle? Yeah. PS4 and Xbox One, Xbox One are really well in, entrenched right now. This uh, the studios aren't necessarily in a growth mode to try to introduce new IP. Mm-hmm. Um, what they are trying to do is economize. Mm-hmm. Okay, we have this IP that makes us a billion dollars a year. Problem is, it costs us more and more each year to produce the next billion dollar revenue stream. We need to find a way of cutting costs. So that generally means we're going to focus on a few really senior people 
and not be, you know, that can produce a lot sure. and then outsource the rest and not, unfortunately, about investing heavily in bringing up the next generation of content producers because we need to take a risk. We're in expansion mode. Uh, the business is growing. It's like, actually, no, the number of console people, consumers, that is, mm-hmm. is relatively stable. Yeah. It's growing slightly, but it's not like exploding it like probably, mobile. It probably grows <clears throat> at the same rate as population grows. Yeah. Because it's not, not like not new, like mobile, which exploded. It's not right? like new console owners are coming of age and old ones are cycling out. Right, you right. know, it, 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 in variable rates, you know. It, yeah. Pretty yeah. much stays so, exactly the same. Uh, I think what the value is, if I were a, a newer person coming in, mm-hmm. uh, the approach that I took which is I just want to be around that energy would still be valid in that you would you would f- get on the right uh, bulletin boards or the right Facebook group to find mm-hmm. out where are the parties going where there are the 24-year-olds going to a rave. That's, why That's the, where I want to be. The fellowship of the GDC. Right, and I'm Facebook going to be group, brave yeah. like that kid that came up to us saying, you look like the most exciting people at the party, I want to talk to you. Just introduce you yourself. You think he was just networking? Yeah, I you think, think was... we didn't look like the most. Exci- you think he was lying to yeah, us? Yeah, I think he. he I think he oh, looked at us man. and he thought we looked like we looked like hiring men. We looked like suckers. Yeah, is what you like what he, yeah. he saw. Like... No, actually, because we were talking to a cute girl. That's why everybody else was. Well, I will have you know that young cute man, girl was yeah. the first female Unity certified developer in the world. Nice. So take that misogynists yeah. <laughs> in your face. <laughs> no, I mean, we're talking about like GDC when I first went in uh-huh. San Jose, it was, oh man, it was like yeah, the whole city. Not So you have the problems of San Jose was, was already being part of Silicon Valley. You know, the STEM problem where there aren't you enough women. You can say Sausage Fest. You can say Sausage yeah, so Fest. It was a total, it was like 90% <laughs> dudes of the, because and that's like why 70% the used of to be San Jose's population was male already. And then yeah. you bring in GDC or another 5,000 at the time, mm-hmm. uh, dudes. It was just like, ugh. And now at least you see, you know, at least it's not uncommon. Mm-hmm. It's not it's not frequent, but it's not a, you know, totally uncommon to see female engineers yeah. in, in the mix. Uh, you do definitely see a lot of, uh, on the management side, mm-hmm. lots of women uh, managing or producing. I was I was impressed to see. So they announced uh, at the Unity <clears throat> keynote, they announced uh, the new Bejeweled game, which I didn't even know they were making. Uh. And so when I saw it, I was like, oh, wow, that's cool. Every, every person interviewed uh-huh. – uh, was female and mm-hmm. that's not to say like dad take that uh-huh. um but it was it was inter- it was really cool yeah. to see that like all of the 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 leaders and i believe it was like the lead designer lead producer uh-huh. and all that all females right. in roles and i thought that's really that's and that's really exactly cool. the right uh right way to go about it it's that bejeweled i don't know who developed it uh, i mean who the programmer was i know it was a pop cap mm-hmm. uh game but uh, it was overwhelmingly popular with uh, women mm-hmm. who had, uh, I think it was like the first generation of smartphones. Yeah. And, well, and, well, and, it, was and web, it was a web game. Yeah. And it was, yeah. I was going to say, and it was also something that was really lightweight. You can, you know, if it was you're a taking flash a break, web game. Yeah. yeah if you're uh, uh, working at an office and uh, you, you have a break or just not a lot of work coming in right now, Bejeweled was perfect. Yeah. And that meant women played it a lot. And it's not. That is not stereotyping it. It was overwhelmingly female. In fact, when you looked the at first surveys, studies, yeah, yeah the yeah. first studies were like the 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 female population increasing in the games industry. Right when they say women playing games at equal number amount as, as men, it's mm-hmm. specifically because Bejeweled came out. Well, and, 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 and that's that kind of interesting. Attention. It's interesting because that's a whole new topic. That's yeah. kind of how it. So that's making games started. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and yeah. then that started the whole game shaming movement, where I was like, "Well, that doesn't really count." Yeah, because well, we still have to find massage, a way to exclude. Yeah, and that's <laughs> simply because, well, that doesn't appeal to my 
sensibilities mm-hmm. or my uh, the the context in which I have free time. Therefore, it's not valid. Yeah. Well, okay, really? Because now uh, these because because of your unwillingness to recognize it as legitimate. Now you're cutting out dudes from being able to develop what is going to be one of the most successful games, I'm sure, mm-hmm. over the next two years. Yeah. And then they're going to leverage that and they're like, let's let's split this very successful team into two. Now you have two female exclusive teams and you're going to create this interesting odd effect of, wow, I really wish I could get into mobile games, but they're completely dominated by women and there's no guys allowed <laughs> to develop in mobile. So why? Because Bejewel took over the world and they're just it's all run by women and, and it's a little girls club and you can't get in. You know, if you aren't willing to yeah. to welcome people into your well, group, yeah, they're going to make you, their own club. If you start dividing, yeah, then, then yeah. you're just going to end up on one side or the other and, and kind of grass is always greener right. kind of deal and stuff like that. Diversity is always just the better option. Diversity is always, yeah, absolutely. What I've been impressed to see, again, kind of in this keeping with changes of GDC over the past years, mm-hmm. is they're the, in my first year and then, I mean, maybe for the – the first three or four years, there was always the a NOS, you know, NOS, that uh-huh. energy drink. Yeah, yeah. There was a NOS tent right next to that Jillian's bar in the corner. You even mentioned that that would I've be been mentioned, and it wasn't. So they always have the NOS tent where they have scantily clad women in the middle of the day uh-huh. handing out NOS energy drinks and a DJ playing, like, super loud house music, yeah. right? And, like, all three days of the, of the main uh-huh. conference. And that has been happening less and less and this year they weren't even there you know what was there i noticed huh. two dumpy guys uh, handing out uh, lift gift certificates for 50 there, bucks there were <laughs> yeah that was nice and then there's always always and again i didn't uh-huh. see him this year it's not like i was looking for there's always guys uh kind of sleazy looking guys handing out free passes to local strip clubs uh-huh. almost always uh-huh. and this year no. Yeah, I didn't see that at all. And I I was exclusively walking the sidewalk. Specifically looking to, for that? Yeah. No, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, looking no, uh, looking for uh, dumpy developers to say, hey, I'm around. Uh, let's yeah, have lunch. It, so, you know, it, it's happening less and less. Mm-hmm. There's there's a lot less. Uh, like the NOS wasn't even yeah. there. Uh, people handing out, you know, the, the unsolicited flyers and whatnot, yeah. not there. Um, and the protesters, barely there. There was the one guy one day. It was like, where's... <laughs> Where's really? my fire and brimstone? Who's yeah. gonna tell me I'm going to hell? Like, uh-huh. Where is the person uh-huh. screaming at me about Jesus? Uh-huh. And because every year they're just right there in the uh-huh. corner the whole time. And this time, just nah, he was there for about an hour. Uh-huh. Just really phoned it in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. and so like, right. and he was not even there on the main day. No, yeah, yeah it was right. during the education summit. It's like really pick pick your targets, man. But it's like someone clearly this, did not re- study the website. <laughs> but it's like this this trend towards diversity is affecting more than just games and kind of the parties at the conference yeah. but but even sort of like how everyone else sort of feels about the industry yeah i mean i'm sure f- five years ago the nos corporation was like yeah let's target the gamers <laughs> right. we're right. gonna get them hyped on energy drinks right because the know, mountain dew's success they're yeah like, like we go we're gonna get mountain hot chicks crap. out there and these <laughs> nerds are gonna like drink our energy drinks hang <laughs> out with these hot chicks whatever uh-huh. and now they're just like eh, it's not uh-huh. worth it it's just uh-huh. not no one cares. No one wants this. They actively don't want us there kind of deal. And it, it's an interest. I mean, I'd like it if they were there for the drinks. I don't really care about the scantily clad women. I just want you know, free drinks on a hot day. It's great. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, they, the whole – kind of the whole feeling of everything is just kind of so very different. Yeah. And, uh, and it's cool. It's, it's neat. It's uh, – yeah, it's it's certainly a, a different uh, feel to a lot of the the activities that go on and a lot of you know just sort of the industry stuff and and how the industry is kind of perceived. It mm-hmm. used to be like you know taxi drivers like what are all what are all these nerds doing in town? Yeah. And I was like what are all these 
people doing a town, right. you know, kind of a kind of a shift. Because right. naturally, if you're a group of people and there are females amongst you, you're not nerds. <laughs> uh, obviously, that's just how it goes. But uh, very interesting for sure, and and kind of was emphasized with that whole bejeweled thing, where it was just like good for them, you mm-hmm. know, like four of their speakers. You know, all female. Yeah. It's not yeah. good for them. It's good for us, right? It's like it's we're good for all, everybody. We're all in this together, and yeah. uh, and it, I think it's been um, hard for those who wish there were more diversity in industry and those who are actually producing the product mm-hmm. to understand. Well, how would we do this uh, successfully? Mm-hmm. Where we're going to create product with talent that hasn't been plugged into or had the assumption that they could since they were eight years old, right? Like, name me an eight-year-old boy mm-hmm. who doesn't think being a video gamer in some professional capacity isn't, like, something that they the could do. The coolest thing ever. Or that they, the coolest thing that they could ever do um, versus... Um, my son doesn't. Yeah. I'm still trying to get right. it. I'm still trying to convince my six-year-old I'm cool. But yeah. he's just not having it. <laughs> right. I'm, like, taking pictures. I'm taking cool, pictures, right? like, next to dragons and right. knights and stuff right. and send it to him. And he's just like, well, yeah. all right, does it work? Right. And I think part of it will be when uh, virtual reality, and we mentioned this before again, allows enough eye contact between avatars Mm -hmm. that it becomes a socially rewarding and engaging and convincing experience, then you're going to see women say, oh, of course this is interesting. Mm -hmm. I think, and this is not to stereotype it's like but women so- socialize much earlier in their childhood absolutely than um, male children do and so for them the subtlety of facial expression and the things that you say mean more to them mm-hmm. than the the baseball bat in your hand and how far you can hit a ball and you know like, sure. it just doesn't like i human interaction is so much more rich than basic newtonian physics you know? right but whereas for a kid boy that is mm-hmm. it's like oh how far can i throw this rock yeah whereas how fast a girl can I is run? like why are you holding the rock you know mm-hmm. what's motivating you right now like, yeah so games are just about or vr as a technology is just about to really unlock i think that human hit potential. on a deeper level yeah and i think that's when you're going to see um lots of women say like oh yeah games are not a stupid thing not a dumb medium there well, is I, I don't know that people are necessarily yeah. saying that now but i yeah. get your point yeah. where it enhances it even to the next level uh-huh. so to speak and uh, so just talking about this now uh, made me think of – so I was a judge for the uh, Intel – I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to butcher the name of it, but it's the Intel Achievement Awards something, 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 whatever. Mm-hmm. Intel uh, did an awards thing for like kind of the well, – there were 11 schools that participated, mm-hmm. 11 of the top gaming schools. Um, they all put forward something and, you know, and, and I was a judge as they did okay. the presentation and stuff like that. And one of the games that even though – so the two categories was best gameplay and best graphics, Uh right? Um, And this is a game I voted for for best graphics uh, as my third place of of three. Um, And it's not a game I voted for in gameplay. But I'm finding as I think about it more after the fact, Mm -hmm. of all the games, that's the one I kind of think about. Uh And – I still don't, I mean, it still wasn't like the best gameplay, it uh-huh. wasn't the best graphics, but there really should be like a third category for like maybe best design, mm-hmm. babe, best mention, best mm-hmm. or message, best game, mm-hmm. something mm-hmm. or other, because there should or be. Or an award a, for artistic merit. There should be like an that. award mm-hmm. for the game that sticks with you yeah, right. out of every other right. game you've tried. Right. And got, some people, that that's the definition of a work of art, right? Is yeah, that it made you think about it, made you react? Yeah. I, don't, yeah. I don't know. You can't really say most impactful game because then you're going to get a lot of like. Sleazy, this, this is uh, art, you know, uh, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. giving a message or I'm saying okay. something here. Okay. No, you're just, 
you're just being stupid, right? right so right. no, but this pretentious, pretentious, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, pretentious. So this game, uh, so this is called Decisions That Matter, mm. and I highly encourage anyone to go check it out. I have no idea if it's available to play or whatever. Okay. Uh, but you know uh, what's killing me is I can't think of the school. I will I will put a link to it. Okay. Um, uh, I wish I could remember it off the top of my head now, but I cannot. But decisions that matter. I'll put a link to it. Um, and so what it was is it, it's a game in a narrative. Uh, um, uh, graphic novel style, kind of like the Telltale games mm-hmm. that are big now, uh, where where it's it's about basically the whole idea is 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 skills to prevent sexual assault on college campuses, mm. and it presents all of the characters as real good people that just maybe make bad decisions. Uh, and why uh-huh, do they uh-huh. make... So it's not like, oh, I'm a rapist and right, oh, right. I'm going to let this happen. Right. No, it's like... That's too simplistic of you for sure. Maybe yeah. I do step in, but it turns out there was nothing bad going on. They yeah. were just friends and now they yeah. think I'm a jerk or yeah. what? what is going to make me afraid to speak up? Yeah. Or what, when should I step in? When uh-huh. should I not? Like what are red flags, right? Uh-huh. And there was a situation that they showed where it was like, this is a red flag. And then you like, you act on it by choosing one of the options, you know, and it turns out, no, you were just completely misunderstood. Uh-huh. So the next time there was a situation where you were, you were up to say, this is the red flag, you uh-huh. didn't do anything yeah. because you're like, they're your friend, you right. don't want to. Right. And it was really cool. Uh-huh. And it was really like, yeah, life is really complex right. and people are good people. Yeah. All right. And they just don't want to overstep their bounds. Yeah. They yeah. don't. They don't want to like be wrong, yeah. you know, and 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 look like they're 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 dumb because they like. Uh-huh. It's like the whole thing when like people like swing at you and you flinch. They're like, oh, you made you right. flinch. Well, you have reflexes. Right, you you right. try to get out of the way of someone hitting right. you. Right. right. That's right. yeah. And it's like, why would that be stupid? So right. it's like these natural reactions and things like that. They're just a part of who we are. And what was really cool, the the kind of what I call the psychomantis moment. I call uh-huh. you know the, yeah. the thing that we're just, right. where you just went, holy shit. Uh-huh. Um, so you should the, have warned them that you were about to swear. Well, I, I did warn them I was about to swear a while ago. Yeah, okay. And I'm and that's that's for future. Every okay. episode from okay. now on, I can this swear. Fe- this episode is officially PG thirteen. Uh, uh, you know, it depends. Maybe you're not a na- native English speaker. You don't know what that word means. Whatever. Uh, <laughs> I'm a I'm sorry, I totally threw you off there. Yeah, it's my okay. I was, you were just about to get into your your you're, you're killing me, my psychomantis <laughs> moment. So at the very end, um, depending on your choices, something might might have happened, may not have happened whatever uh-huh. uh but so again it's graphic novel so like like a comic book uh-huh. still pages and so it's the a, per, a picture of a person's face and there's a lot of these different endings or whatever and then it fades like perfectly like completely to a real person and mm. it's not like fades over i mean it was like a like they traced the person's uh-huh. face it was an amazing just like like and mm-hmm. you realize these are real people mm-hmm. and then the person is a video clip mm-hmm. and they're they're telling the story uh-huh. of what happened. Uh-huh. And you're just like, holy crap. Yeah. I'll say crap this time. Yeah. Holy crap. Like this, these are real people. Like yeah. this yeah, is yeah, a yeah. real situation. Like it just really yeah. drives home like, oh man. Yeah. And you know, I'm not saying that this really happened to those actors, right, maybe right, or whatever, right. but I'm saying like just seeing that this graphic novel turned into yeah. real people right. really drives home the fact that 
yeah, it was a game and they're mm-hmm. like cartoons, whatever, but they're real people. Yeah, and right. the, the ability to empathize with this character as, on a really, truly human level. It's one of those times when the right. chord is struck and your mind races back right. through the story yeah. you just encountered. Uh-huh. Like go on, like it's like the Kaiser Soze moment when he drops the cup and yeah. realizes, yeah. races back through the yeah. story and finds yep. all these yep. things through it. And you were just like, oh man. It was in front of me the whole time. These are real situations and real people. Yeah, not, yeah. Not a, and and even Simulation. my choices were, yeah. were right or wrong. And I'm not yeah. a bad person. I just didn't know what to do. Yeah, right. And uh, so that game. Say the name again one more time. Decisions That Matter. Decisions That Matter. And it was okay. really cool. It's a web-based game, uh-huh. right? No favoritism for like uh-huh. engines or whatever. Yeah. It was an awesome game. Okay. And, uh, it, and you know, we, we looked at a lot of awesome games, right? And all these really high performance, high polish, you know, really great student projects. But that was the game like afterwards, I'm like, man, I want to play that game again. I want to see what all the decisions yeah. do. I want to, and and so I tried to throw him for a loop a bit when it was time to the, the questions. I asked him, you know, given the nature of this sort of game, you have a responsibility to ensure you're emphasizing the right things. Did you do research? And it turns out they did. I mean, they they, they teamed up with with um, you know, a professor of, of psychology, sociology, uh-huh. whatever that you mm-hmm. know that that had them make this game, and uh, and you know, so all of this the stuff was you know fairly accurate as far as anything of that nature could be accurate. Um, and uh, yeah, really kind of sticks with you because you just want to play it again and see what is happening. Like 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 okay, now right. start right. remembering these are real people. Right. Like let's. Let's see if we can do a better job yeah, of keeping them right, safe kind of deal. Right. Um, really neat stuff. Yeah. Um, really sticks with you. Yeah. Cool. It's, it sounds like on an emotional level, this game was able to simulate and create an experience that was convincing and became like real memories or felt like real you know, things with actual consequence. In the mm-hmm. similar vein that we are so excited to talk about virtual reality and the way that our vision makes is, it, it makes it real. Yeah, um, this is but the, on a, the, an emotional, empathetic level, it makes it yeah, real. Right, right. Yeah, and yeah. So, so instead of like hearing the story of someone you don't know and something bad where you can just sort of right. detach yourself and now you kind of feel like you know yeah, them because right, you've played a right, game with them. Right. You have a and memory of that person. Exactly, not, exactly. Not so, facts about a person. And it makes it much, much yeah. more real. Uh, it's very, very neat. It also kind of goes to, to show you just how, as a judge, how much your hands are tied mm. uh, because there was another game there called Aura where the music was so amazing. I, right afterwards, I was like, yeah. where can I buy the soundtrack? Yeah. Like seriously. Yeah. Yeah. And it was one of those games of simple, uh-huh. minimalistic 2D graphics, like an asteroid style uh-huh. game. You're defeating these space bosses. Uh-huh. And every time you do, you get an extra instrument that plays into the soundtrack uh-huh. in this background. Uh-huh. Right. Till by the end, it's a really complex sort of tapestry. Oh. You're going to have to tell my friend Matt Burns it's amazing. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was. It was That's two, right up his alley. Two yeah. students, ten weeks. Okay, and I was floored because wow. we had these other games, six month, all the time, twenty people, yeah. whatever. Uh-huh. This game, arcade shooter, crisp gameplay, crisp graphics. Uh-huh. Which a lot of people say, okay, two D graphics like Asteroids. That's easy, right? But it's actually hard, and a lot of people don't realize on a technical level how hard minimalistic graphics yeah. really are. Because um, they have to be subtle, but the lines have to be sharp mm-hmm. and, and not pixely. Right, and not, right, I mean, right. they have to be really – it's really hard to do. Right. There's and a term that – You can't hide yeah. jagged yeah. lines right. with effects and things right, like that. Right, right. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know what the, the term for that is. <laughs> the term that I've learned, which is a made-up word, horsey. 
it looks horsey. horsey. The proportions are amateurish, or the attention. The oh, wrong you detail. say when it's poorly done. When it's poorly done, it looks, that goes, the, it looks horsey. Those games look like I don't know, like the like the teeth of a horse are like ugh, you know, just kind of off. odd. Yeah, yeah. Uh, or like the run cycle of a horse animation that always <laughs> looks like not quite right. Yeah, right. Yeah. The knees constantly floating in the wrong place. And uh-huh. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and but there's no audio category for judging. Uh-huh. And this game would have, I mean, I mean, so far beyond would have won for audio. Uh-huh. And that that wasn't even, even as far as best, it was best graphics, not even best art. Because uh-huh. then you could just be like, well, audio is art, but no, nah, it's best uh-huh. graphics. And, uh-huh. and it was all, gra- like, uh-huh. no voiceover stuff, right. no music category, um, no category for design, um, mm. just mechanics and yeah. graphics. Well, that's because what Intel's emphasis is, isn't I it? I suppose, yeah. yeah. But it's just there's so much more to it, you right, know? And, right. like, again, as a judge, you just feel like, man, I I want – I really want yeah. to vote for this. Yeah. Uh, but I, I can't, the, the based on the, the criteria, yeah. I cannot. Right. Um, another great uh, game, this time from the University of Utah, mm-hmm. uh, was Tentacult. And you're like these little Cthulhu octopus people. <laughs> and if I had to pick a game that looked probably the most campy and fun, uh-huh. th- I mean, that would have been – I mean, it was – the presentation was on point And it just looked really yeah. fun to play. But I wouldn't say it had the best gameplay okay. because most of the criteria for judging get best gameplay was on like technical achievement. Uh-huh. And there wasn't anything outstandingly technical about uh-huh. it. However – most of the best game mechanics are not technically yeah. outstanding, right? right. Um, so if I had to pick like a gameplay category, uh, not technically right. based, but right. just like fun, yeah. right? I would probably have picked that game. And, okay. and again, didn't place because the criteria of the judging right. was, was was harder to do. Yeah. It didn't really fit. So um, I don't even know how we got to talk about that. But so I did that. It was like some of my observations. I really mm-hmm. need to like write some feedback. Mm-hmm. But uh, um but, you know, it's really <laughs> it's really impressive to see the level of quality coming out of schools now yeah. compared to, you know, when did I go to school? 14 years ago? Uh-huh. Not that long ago. When did I go to school? No. 10 years ago. I don't know. I went to school at some mm-hmm. point, I promise. <laughs> uh, and uh, just the level of quality coming out of studios is just really impressive yeah you mean out of schools school studios the level that's what i mean right right. coming Uh, from uh, school programs not not in industry but just students as like their capstone course or their final course let's talk more about that student effort because i feel like um the people who would have a tendency to listen to our podcast probably are um looking to get into the industry or maybe our students most of the people that talk to me about it are actually in industry already already in in the industry okay but then again i don't i don't really talk to a lot of students all the time okay because I know that your listen, your fan base, let's put it that way, are people who are using the Unity engine. So those tend to be indies or st- students. Um, there are, of course, uh, AAA studios using mm-hmm. uh, Unity. But, I mean, I just thought the millions upon millions of installs that occur every single day are coming from... Oh, man, from what was it? So the... Coming from the new population, of this new fresh face. Four million game. installs or something like that, over a million active monthly users. We had a bunch yeah. of stats of it yeah. recently. It was pretty yeah, it's neat. It's huge, right? 12.6 yeah. billion game installs over yeah. the last year, which right. is like uh, 500 per right. second. Uh, I'm sure the vast majority of those are from smaller outfits. Like uh, yeah, sure. Games, right? I mean, just by, by yeah. process of yeah. volume. Um, for the I, You asked, like, what was it like coming back to... Um, GDC after all these years. I remember when I was getting hired, it wasn't at a GDC. It was at something somewhat similar because, you know, 20 years ago, 
to go to the game developers conference to get a job versus, or I could uh, go to any computer technology, right. com- like SIGGRAPH was the big one. If you loved video games, film, to some extent, television. Back then, it was only Star Trek: The Next Generation, mm-hmm. really that that had special. I'm going craft. to SIGGRAPH this year. I'm actually. Quite oh, excited. really? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that was the that was the one to go to. Okay. Back in the day, and it's very graphics heavy now, right? It, oh, it always was a SIGGRAPH oh, okay. special interest group graphics oh. is what it stands okay. for. Okay. Well, then there you go. Um, back when, yeah, universities used to have dedicated text only forums. Back when there were special interest groups. Yes, special yeah. interest. Yes, <laughs> uh, and. Uh, the University of Illinois, where I come from, another, see, I am a Midwest boy. Uh, we had one animation course mm-hmm. taught by a rather well-known um, person from the field. Uh, Donna I thought Cobb. you were about to say person from the future. No, from the future. Okay. She was from the future. She had invented uh, or, or helped develop a uh, technology that would be best described as uh, the hollow, not the hollow ones, um, but, um, well, no, the the hive. The Vive. I'm sorry, The Vive. Hers was called, not The Hive, it was called The Cave. Oh, Cave Systems. Yeah, I'm very familiar with Cave Systems. Um, She was one of the first developers for The Cave. Oh, NASA's got a really cool cave system. Yeah. So, yeah, Yeah. it was very academic. Okay, so do you remember a simulation showing two galaxies colliding back from the 90s? No, but that sounds awesome. She was the the principal artist, you know, taking billions of points of data and showing... How two well, galaxies happened? over time in the cave, so i.e. virtual reality, yeah. come and collide and how all that gravity and mass and all that would interact. Yeah. That was her big thing at the time. So she taught an animation course on silicon graphics workstations. I mean, well, like, we're like, whoo, 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 mm-hmm. right, $20,000. Right. These are 90, $1990. Yeah. $20,000 uh, for one of these uh, workstations. Um one class out of the entire University of Illinois, right? Just we're talking about twelve kids. Mm-hmm. Seventy to eighty percent of us got jobs from that one class. Yeah. The following it's before semester. a lot of education turned into a money machine. <laughs> yeah, we just went to SIGGRAPH. We all came. We went to television, yeah. film, games. I went to. They probably figured back then if you could make it there, then you obviously yeah, had already. Right. Yeah. Uh, so that was a different era. And that's, unfortunately, it sounds like it is much harder. It, it oh, has yeah. been in my experience too. Much harder for there to be entry level positions. So how would you do well, it? Consider how would you make every it, college advantage? now pretty much yeah. has a games yeah. program of some sort. Yeah. And only 11 even went to this, yeah. this competition. Right. I mean. Right. There's over 300 programs now in the States that are games is, related. Oh, is that, is that yeah, like an that, actual factual number? I think it's, yeah. Okay. I mean, just like. Um, it seems yeah. like every school has every one. school has one. So how do you differentiate yourself? How do you take advantage of a GDC when the cost of the ticket that you could afford is eighty dollars and you're only allowed on the floor for Friday? Yeah. You know, how well, you and go it about seems like that? most career hirers at this point are just like we could stand here getting swamped. Yeah. You know, right. a whole day, you know, of, of being inundated with, mm-hmm. with students we're ultimately going to turn away. Yeah. Just look for that one diamond. Right. So, or we can go through these other channels. Right. So here's my recommendation because this is how it worked for us at SIGGRAPH all those mm-hmm. years ago and it can work for you too. You have you had to have made your contact earlier yeah. saying, I will be at GDC. 
Exactly. Set up a meeting ahead yeah. of time. Yeah, I will be at GDC. Is that con- a con- would that be a convenient time to meet with you? Of Make course, your own uh, of course we're going to be there at GDC with uh, a booth, and it would be a lot cheap. I mean, it's the only way we'd be willing to meet an entry-level person. We're not mm-hmm. going to fly an entry-level person out to our campus, get them a car. Hell, they're probably too young to even get the rental car because mm-hmm. you have to be 25 and have a credit card and all that stuff. Sure. So, yeah, you make your way to GDC, and so you'll set up one to two to hopefully three or more of these kind of informal I'd love to you know put a face to the yeah. to this talented uh, portfolio and then then you're going to start doing and you that. said something of, of real value in my opinion uh, I'm sorry I cut you uh, off no go ahead when you said informal kind of deal mm-hmm. um, don't fanboy don't fangirl uh, like everyone has their heroes so mm-hmm. to speak and so you know in this is going to sound like a humble brag, but just yeah. please take this for what it means. Um, when people come up to me and you know, and they're just like, oh, I, I love your videos or I love mm-hmm. this. Or, and you're like, oh, all right, cool. Thanks. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, and oh, all right, I'm already engaged. I'm willing to talk about uh-huh. what you want to talk about. But when like people gush, uh-huh. it's really uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. It's really uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, you can only say like, oh, cool. Thank you so many times. Right. before You're just like, please let this end. And yeah. I don't want to do anything but talk <laughs> to you right now. Right. Um, and, you know, it's flattering. It really, really is. And I haven't even really done anything, yeah. you know. So, you know, again, that's why it sounds like a humble brag, whatever. But just take it for what, it, what I mean. Don't, like, don't have heroes. <laughs> Never meet your heroes mm-hmm. kind of deal. If you're going to meet someone, if you set up this meeting, maybe you reach out to someone, you're like, oh, they'll never want to meet me with me. And they're like, oh, yeah, sure. Like, don't go and freak out, right? right? Because, yeah, it's cool, but you're not there as a fan. Right. You're there as a colleague, right. a potential colleague. Right. And so it's great with the, oh, I love this, I love that. Let's let's right. talk, right. right? It's not, uh, right. oh, I'm going to just compliment you for 30 minutes and right. then we're going to talk. You make the point, other person unintentionally uncomfortable because they don't know, like you, I assume, don't know much, if anything, about the person who's just approached you. Yeah. So you can't speak at the same level about, and I love your work in this and this in this regard. And exactly. so now you, like, we have, over the course of our lives, learned that it's rude to not reciprocate. But I'm in a situation right now where I can't. And you keep upping the ante yeah. by constantly heaving this well, I, additional I'm praise. I'm personally very yeah. bad at receiving compliments. Yeah. <laughs> Every time I'm like, I loved your work. I'm like, I'm sorry. <laughs> like, I, I'm sorry that you thought my crappy work was yeah. good enough for, for uh-huh. your praise. That, that, actually, that actually makes me feel really bad for you because I'm so <laughs> bad. that's the best you can get, you're in a terrible position. I know, right? <laughs> it's like when people are saying like, I hope one day to be as good as you. I'm like, don't. Hope to be better than me or uh-huh. else I've failed, right? right? My yeah. goal is to make you better than okay. I am. So, and, okay. So how do we pivot this? It's You say, oh, Mike, I, Mike, I, I've followed you for, for ages now and I really admire the videos you put out or, or um, the live trainings are amazing. They really help me out. And then I'll how reflect. Do, okay. <laughs> and then, and then, yeah. yeah. How would I now, the guy trying to, or gal trying to well, at that make point, a better contact with you? What just, should just I say? tell me what you want. Okay. I mean, you want something. Uh-huh. I get it. I mean, okay. sometimes people just right. want to talk, right. Right? right? But most of the time, like, just, oh, you know, right. I love this. Right. Here's what I'm trying to do. I'm, I'm really trying to make some contacts, or uh-huh. I'm really trying to get mm-hmm. someone to look at my work. Mm-hmm. Would you be interested in doing that? Yeah. Absolutely. I right. love talking to students. Right. I love talking yeah. to either other professionals and stuff uh-huh. like that. Absolutely, but I don't like being super uncomfortable the whole time. <laughs> and I, I've hired people in the past, and when I do, you know, interviews, I'm not interested in hiring someone who's just going to compliment me. Mm-hmm. I don't want that. Right. I right. want to hire a professional right. that's going to keep it cool. I, and here, this is my advice, honestly, to to anyone who's 
I mean, GDC is over, but for the future or whatever, is that don't have heroes. And I say that all the time. Don't <laughs> don't have heroes. Um, just don't like make your hero you. Imagine the perfect version of yourself, and every day take a step to be that person, mm-hmm. and that's your hero. Right. And then everyone else, right, is just someone who's maybe more advanced in this or has mm-hmm. more experience in mm-hmm. this. What can you get from them to mm-hmm. become your right. hero, to get right. closer to right. the best version of you? Because the best version of someone else isn't going to be the right version right. of you because that's someone else. That's not you. Right. And so don't go and gush at someone else. Just say, oh, I respect this person's work, right? It comes from a place of respect, not necessarily admiration, right? right? What can I discuss with them uh-huh. to help me be better? Right. What can I uh, show them or try to, to get a, as for a position or advance myself to move me closer to my goal, which is a better version yeah. of myself, not a better version of mm-hmm. them? Um, because that's a little swim fanny, yeah. like they're going to steal your identity and, and kill you or yeah, something like yeah. that. Uh, a conversational trick for people who feel maybe uncomfortable breaking the ice. Uh, that, in that sense of what you're saying is be your own hero. Um, is that people who are, you know, like you were saying earlier in a different context, people are actually, the world is full of good people. We're yeah. all by our nature want to be helpful. Yeah. Now, we don't want to be put upon. We don't want to be taken advantage of. So we might be a little cautious. Mm-hmm. But if you approach me with confidence, meaning I don't think you are like drowning and therefore going to have to, you know, latch on you know, yeah. onto me. You can say, like, I really admire the work that you did in, in X. I followed it, and uh, it really helped me out in my project, and it was so awesome. I felt so great. And like, okay, thanks, great. I'm at the point where I'm about to get get it to the next level, and I was wondering if you'd be interested in, in taking a look at my work. Absolutely. Helping me get exactly. to that next, whatever that particular Those are the great conversations, yeah. right? Those are the great, like, yeah, 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 absolutely I will. That sounds like an admirable People goal. love to help their fellow yeah. man out. So yeah. if you just say... I th- think you're capable of helping me. Would you be interested in helping me on this really interesting problem? You've got an interesting problem, and I could help you. And I promise, I want to do it. And I promise, it's a one-time thing. I'm not going to ping yeah. you at two in the morning right. for the rest of your life. Yeah, that's right. important too. Right. But, uh, but yeah, that is really that is probably the biggest <laughs> problem. Like, where that's the reason why when I go to people a game get jam one lifeline. I don't. And just... Yeah, I don't ever say that I worked on Halo. You are always the friend. This I is, do. He worked on Halo. I do. It's awesome. my wife does the same thing. I will never mention it to open with. It's not because I know I'm you to be don't, honest. but I like to watch people's faces when I say it. I don't it. want. Because they freak yeah, out a little one, bit. One is because, like, I used to, and now I'm just a has been, you know, <laughs> drinking a cider in a basement with a piece of foam around it, fooling, fooling this poor, sincere engineer from Unity that I have the inside track in video games when I haven't worked on one in like four years. <laughs> but, uh, anyways, no, I don't mention that because you you will either find someone trying to socially hack some network that you belong to in order to get access to you or to take your account. That happens a lot to, yeah. Uh, to game developers because there's a perception that they must have special app features on their characters in the mm-hmm. games that they make, you know, yeah. uh, which is, you know, maybe, but it's like, <laughs> it's not worth it. You know, it's totally not worth it. Um, it's not glamorous at all. And then um, two that you will get asked the favor that you just cannot, mm-hmm. cannot provide. And it's Can like, I, I just, don't, yeah, I just, you know, I rather not get into that. <laughs> That's common too. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, anyway, we're kind of running out of time here. That felt like kind of an odd note there to end on. But uh, Well, the, the earlier note was the right one, I think, which is how to, how to leverage a fledgling network to get greater exposure, to make a GDC worthwhile, even if you don't end up needing the, the, the sessions or the talks mm-hmm. all that much. 
Yeah. Well, maybe one. Well, if we're out of time. We're out of time. But maybe we could have talked about how. How do you ever go to a session and then get approached after you give, for example, when you give a training uh-huh. to a large crowd? Yeah. Has there ever been someone who came up to you and started a conversation with you and that was, you were able to continue that or finish the conversation there where you felt like that person got something extra out of this that they could have only gotten? Yes. Right and here. and, and that happens valuable. quite a lot. Uh-huh. The problem mm-hmm. that I generally have is that. You know, generally the first person that comes up uh-huh. is the person that won't stop uh, talking and asking right, questions. Right. And the everyone behind them uh-huh. just waits patiently, yeah. Yeah. you know, kindly until they eventually just give up and walk away. Yeah. And that always stinks. It's okay. it's You have to be a little mindful. You yeah. Go up to talk to speakers. That's why they're there. They're there right. because they want to be there. They yeah. want to talk to people. Um, but be mindful of their time and the other people around you. Right. Um, that, that, that's most of the time. It's just there's that one person that just... Ask a question. Okay, then here's another question. Now here's a 10-minute-long story about my childhood. You're just yeah, like, yeah. please stop talking. Right, yeah. Right. Um, and so, yeah. But but if you can do this well, if you go up, man, I love that. Could I get your contact information? Yeah. I have some more questions. Mm-hmm. Or, um, you know, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I, you know, absolutely. So no one's going to be like, no, you can't have my contact mm-hmm. information. I specifically came out here and did a talk and will not give you any right. information about me because that's not why they're right. there doing the talk right. to begin with. Or if they already gave out their contact information, they generally do that like the last slide. Or, or the, the first, first slide. slide. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you say, I got, I wrote down, made sure I wrote down your contact information. I was wondering if I could ping you with a question about something specific. You know, yeah. like, like, and you say what that specific thing is. If they give you the yes and then in your email, like, hi, we met briefly at blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we had discussed you possibly being able to answer my question about blank. I was the person wearing the red funky shirt, and I gave you the card. And sure, like maybe yeah. your signature has the same logo as the business card. Or that something. Them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you print your own business cards if you need to. Yeah. And understand I don't, that most you know, people aren't going to look at them right. the wrong way. Right. And I mean, that's just right. kind of what it is. Yeah. Always make sure your business card has some white face on it so that you can write on it yeah. or they can write on it. Right. That's important. Yeah. Um, Okay, but now are we really over time? We are, but there was just something else I was going to okay. say real quick. Oh, yeah, along the lines of, of your fledgling network uh-huh. uh, because it's all about who you know, right? Mm-hmm. So if you get a contact, don't try to squeeze all of the value of that contact yeah. or they're going to run, right. but use that contact to get a second contact mm-hmm. and use those two contacts to get a third and yeah. then a fourth right. and then a fifth. And then eventually when you need something, you can pull a little bit from different contacts and as your value increases in that regard, they'll pull a little bit from you as well. And mm-hmm. and that's how you establish um, yourself. Yes, and that's a really good the point. point where you and, can reciprocate. Right. Oh, yeah, you must be a good contact in return. Exactly. As soon – like, yes, there's going to be an imbalance when you go up to a speaker and you mm-hmm. introduce yourself and your student or maybe an indie developer working on his first or her first project. Um, but as soon as you're able – to reciprocate and say, I worked on a demo that I thought you'd really enjoy. I'm not in, not even if necessarily to get their opinions, just to entertain them mm-hmm. or to help them out or to say, oh, I noticed this. Like if you could give them like a bug report, anything yeah. that you can do to help them. Like, oh, yes. Beta that, this, yeah. test that. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. If you need any input, if I can be an assistance of any way, guess what? That's also... That's super of, useful. Yeah, yeah. You, you're making yourself useful. You're and, building contacts. Yep. They're building an army. Right. right? Yep. Kind of deal. Yep. Um, um, so, yeah, it, reciprocate as best you can. And The worst is when someone's like, I'm having this problem. Can you help? You say, sure. Just send me a copy of your project. Three months later, they yeah. send you a copy. And then two days later, like, why haven't you looked at it yet? Yeah. yeah. You're like, oh, man, no. Yeah. I don't yeah. think so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, okay. Okay. Now we're out of time. That's been GDC stuff. Uh, 
Yeah, I guess there's no really better title than that. GDC, yeah, GDC stuff. stuff. Swag. Uh, GDC swag. YOLO the, the, swag. The Or the uh, verbal uh, throw up because from partying too hard at GDC. We just delivered it in speech form. Oh, yeah. Play Quiplash. That's a great one. I'm Quiplash. just going to throw that out there. I played okay. that in a hotel room at GDC. Okay. It's a lot of fun. Okay. I also started playing The Division, and uh-huh. it, it makes me realize that I'm sure children at this point have an unrealistic view of what a small bag of medical supplies can really do for you at any given point because uh, the med kits, uh, just like any gamer, are overly useful. Anyway, uh, so this has been episode 14, GDC edition uh, of Mike's Video Game Podcast. I'm Mike Geig. I'm Mike Wu. And uh, go get a med kit <laughs> or a beer, one or the other.